Welcome to Off The Grid Radio. Better ideas to bust you and your family out of today's global control grid. Now, here's today's show. Hi, welcome to another edition of Off The Grid Radio. I'm Michael Faust of OffGridNews.com. Today's guest is Nikki Jabor. She is an award-winning writer and the author of The Year-Round Vegetable Gardener and another book, Groundbreaking Food Garden. She's also the author of the book we will be discussing today, Nikki Jabor's Veggie Garden Remix. It's published by Story. Her work is found in fine gardening, garden making, birds and blooms, horticulture, and other publications. And she speaks widely on food gardening at at events and shows across North America. She is the host and creator of the Weekend Gardener radio show, and she lives in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Nikki, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. I'm excited to chat. You've written several books about gardening. You have a passion for it. I, I can tell that just by reading your bio. How did you get so interested in gardening? You know, I think um, I grew up with a family vegetable garden, and I think it was the fact that, you know, tasting the flavor and the freshness of our homegrown potatoes and beans and cucumbers when I was a little kid really introduced me to the, the wonder of gardening. And I took over the family garden by the time I was about 10 or 11. And I just never looked back. It's always been something I've loved to do. And I grow lots of flowers, you know, for uh, pollinators and good bugs. But I am a food gardener, and I'm always exploring and trying to grow new things. So when you were a teenager, you were into gardening. Totally. Which is not a cool thing to do when you're a teenager. No, okay? no, it's not. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> no, I, and, you know, even when I went to university, I had a dorm room, but I didn't have a roommate. So the, my roommate's, or my would be roommate's bed, I took out the mattress and I turned it into a grow up where I grew all these seeds and microgreens and stuff. And people were super excited, but I'm like, sorry, guys, I'm, I'm growing vegetables. <laughs> uh, I was definitely very not cool, but that is you know, awesome. I, I just, uh, it's just so much fun. And, you know, I, I, I was always kind of worried that, you know, eventually I'd get tired of it, but every year I get more excited when those seed catalogs come, so it's a passion that never ends. One of your, one of your most popular books, Nikki, of course, is The Year-Round Vegetable Gardener. I think we're going to have to have you back on to discuss that uh, uh, later on, maybe later on in the year. But this new book you have is called Veggie Garden Remix. It's, it's one that's fun just to look at and to peruse, as I like to say. What made you want to tackle this subject? What, what, number one, what's the book about and what made you want to tackle this subject? Well, this book basically um, showcases all of these, um, you could call them oddball vegetables or global vegetables, unusual things. But basically for me, they're these awesome crops that I love to grow, but most people aren't familiar with them, haven't heard of them, and have definitely not tried growing them. Um, you know, and some of them are just really unusual crops, and some are just maybe crops that are, are a little different to look at, like some of the rainbow carrot varieties, um, you know, as well as some things that are really interesting, like Chinese artichoke. So it showcases a lot of those. And for me, this book was inspired, actually, by my mother-in-law, who came to Canada about 30 years ago from Lebanon uh, in the middle of winter, having no English and not knowing what to expect when she arrived. Um, you know, she and her husband started a little garden and tried to learn what they could grow in Canada. But about 10 years ago, they came up to our garden and uh, to get some zucchinis and tomatoes and cucumbers. And she looked over, and I had this A-frame wooden trellis that was covered with a snake gourd. You know, I was growing it for, for decor, for autumn, for fun. But she thought, and she told me, this is a vegetable she was familiar with, an edible gourd called kukuza. Oh. And I was like, I, you can eat this? I thought this was just for decoration. And so, you know, we harvested some of those beautiful fruits, and she cooked them up for us, and it was amazing. And then I started thinking, what else could I grow for her? Um, that she would recognize from her native Lebanon. And then I started thinking, what else could I grow for me? Because I love Indian food and Japanese food and Mexican food. And, 
it's either hard to find ingredients here in you know Nova Scotia or they're expensive. So I started growing all these different global vegetables, and most of them did really well in my Zone Five garden. So wow. this book is sort of the uh, all of that you know put into into the pages and the pictures and all of my experience and successes and failures. It has more than two. I forgot. I lost count. More than two hundred <laughs> vegetables um, and and seed yeah. unique vegetables and seeds people can 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 read about and grow. Let's talk about one particular subject for the moment, and that is green, since that is what mm. people often plant first, and we're recording this uh, late uh, late winter in the U.S. Uh, you know, I enjoy growing spinach. I, I enjoy growing romaine lettuce. What are some other types of greens people can, can uh, maybe experiment with this year? Well, gosh, I could have written a book just on greens because I'm obsessed. Um, you know, especially you're a little, you're a little earlier than I am in terms of the beginning to growing season. I still have some weeks to wait. Um, but you know, right now you could be planting things like Yukina Savoy, which is almost like cat soy. Uh, it has a spinachy kind of flavor, super cold tolerant, fast growing, easy to grow. So there's a lot of really good greens you could be planting now. Um, you choice some, is there another good one? Different types of loose leaf Chinese cabbages, like Funian, um, you know, uh, Komatsuna. There's so many different ones out there. And the great thing is they're easy to find now in seed catalogs. So yeah. pretty much, you know, most of the seed catalogs will carry the seeds for a lot of these greens. So, you know, your favorite seed catalog will likely have a whole bunch of them, which is awesome. Cause I want to make sure I included things that were easy to find. I don't want to talk about vegetables that nobody will be able to find the seeds for. So yeah. that was important. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, one, one, that was, one that's, that's in the book that you didn't mention is New Zealand spinach. Uh, which I have uh, grown, uh, I, I think it's made to grow in warmer temperatures, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, well, uh, go ahead. People complain about that a lot, don't they? Like their spinach bolts too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. are there are there are there certain greens that you would recommend then? Since uh, we we don't have to be talk specifically about this book, but you know, what about yeah. warm weather greens? What would you recommend? Well, I did include New Zealand spinach in it because it's a great heat-tolerant green, and there are a lot of heat-tolerant greens. I also include one of my favorites, which is beautiful and delicious, magenta spring. Mm. And it's, you know, one of those um, plants related to quinoa, and it has silvery green foliage. But at the center of each growing tip, there's a pop of hot pink. So it's very beautiful to look at, but it's delicious. And we treat it like spinach when we cook it or use it in salads, but that's very heat-tolerant. Um, you know, so amaranth as well is a great one to grow in summer. And there's lots of different kinds of amaranth. Uh, I grow green amaranth, purple amaranth, amaranth tricolor. Um, and they love the heat. You know, you can shear them back every couple weeks to get fresh leaves coming up. And you can let a few of them go to a seed as well where they produce these beautiful ornamental-looking panicles, which are really nice in late summer. Um, but, yeah, so amaranth, magenta spring, New Zealand spinach, those are three winners if you want something heat-tolerant for summer harvesting. Awesome. We are speaking with uh, Nikki Jabor. She's the author of Veggie Garden Remix. Nikki, let's take a quick break. When we return, we'll continue our discussion. We'll talk about growing berries in the garden, growing fruit in the garden, and growing unique beans in the garden. We'll be right back.
If you've ever wanted to grow the absolute best tasting fruits and vegetables imaginable, here's some exciting news. There's a new product designed to make growing delicious produce easy. It's called Protogrow, and it's dynamite in the garden. Protogrow is a bioactive superfood for plants that works by providing true broad-spectrum nutrition, allowing plants to achieve their full genetic expression. What does this mean in the garden? It means mouth-watering fruits and vegetables, brilliantly colored flowers, herbs that finally grow to medicinal strength, blue ribbon garden produce jam-packed with bioavailable minerals and trace elements, giant pumpkins, even high-potency, high-bricks wheatgrass. Proto Grow is a proprietary blend of full-spectrum nutrients from the sea. It literally contains the basic building blocks of life itself. In fact, Protogrow is so effective at producing rapid plant growth in record time that it almost forces plants to grow even under the worst light and soil conditions. It's also perfect for growing your own survival foods and might just be the ultimate hard times barter item. To grow tastier fruits and vegetables right now, go to growlikecrazy.com. That's growlikecrazy.com or call 877-327-0365. 877-327-0365. Off the Grid News, because you want a different paradigm. Nikki, let's talk about berries now, um, the broad category of berries. You know, we most often, at least North American people at least, think about growing berries on vines, but there are some you can actually grow in the garden. Uh, tell us about that. Well, for me, I think 2018 is going to be the year of the ground cherry. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of coining that phrase for this year because I think this is a very underappreciated crop. And it is a garden berry, and it's related to tomatoes. And it doesn't really have a tomato flavor, though. I think ground cherries, when they're fully ripe, taste kind of like pineapple, vanilla, and sometimes a little bit like butterscotch. Mm. So, this, yeah, this is, a, this is one you should be growing. And it's very easy to grow. If you grow cherry tomatoes, you can grow ground cherries. Um, I start them indoors, you know, six, seven weeks early. They go into the garden once the risk of frost has passed. Um, and they start producing for us about 70 days or so later. And the, the harvest goes until frost. You get these wonderful little berries produced in papery husks that fall to the ground when they're fully ripe. And we use them in, like, uh, I make, like, sauce out of them, um, jam. We put them in pound cake and scones. We eat them all straight out of the garden. Wow. You know, you can make a nice sweet salsa with them. You can make pie, which is delicious, um, you know, hand pies. So there's lots of ways to use ground cherries. And they're just they're so much fun to grow and so easy. So for me, I think that's one of the best ones to grow. Have, have you tried it? I haven't have tried. Tri- I haven't tried it yet. So when folks are searching in seed catalogs, do they search for ground cherries? Is that what they're looking for? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So usually there's some different varieties, but the most common one would be Aunt Molly's ground cherry. Okay. Uh, it's an old heirloom variety, and it's very reliable and very productive. Uh, there are other fruits, and and you you and I could categorize the other ones as uh, fruits or weird fruits. Uh, Mexican cucumber or cucamelons, that's one of them. Tell us about those and tell us if there are any other fruits people can try to grow in the garden. Well, cucamelons are the most popular vegetable in my garden, and we've been growing them for over a decade, and everybody wants to talk about them because they're so much fun. Yeah. They, they grow in these um, delicate-looking vines, but don't let that fool you. These plants are robust. They produce tendrils in every direction, so I let them climb up trellises and Expenses. Um, but they produce these fruits that are about the size of a grape, but they look like a mini watermelon, like the speckling on the skin. And they have a flavor that's cucumber with a little bit of citrus. So they're really delicious and crunchy. And we just eat them off the vines. We dip them in like hummus or dressings and add them to salads or chop them in salsas. Or you can pickle them. So they're really easy to grow, but they do like a nice warm spot in the garden. And they don't really start growing well for me until, you know, the heat of summer arrives. And then you, you stand back because they take off. Uh, and they produce awesome. like 100 to 150 per plant. So they're very productive. Holy cow. Um, 
Yeah, you have to grow these. They're so much fun, and kids love them. So definitely a good crop to grow. Because they look like miniature watermelons. It looks like something out of a out of an alien movie. Honestly, (laughs) Uh, some people call them Barbie's watermelon, or uh, they're also (laughs) called most melons. Some seed companies will call them that, but they're either called chico melons or Mexican sour gherkins. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, easy to grow. What about some uh, bean varieties that people may not have uh, tried before? Well, there's a lot of really great crops that if you like beans to try. I mean, if you're living in a warm area, you know, which I don't necessarily, but um, I do have good luck growing yard-long beans, which are a really cool type of Asian bean that can get, you know, 18 inches to 2 feet long, depending on the variety. They're fun to grow. But I also love growing edamame, which are soybeans, and chickpeas. And in Lebanon, um, chickpeas in the summertime are often grown like a shell pea. So once the plants, which grow about 2 feet tall, uh, have produced their pods, and the pods have fattened up. You know, you pick, you pull the whole plant out, uh, and you, you throw a big pile of them on the middle of a table, and the whole family gathers around, and you just kind of sit and relax, maybe have a beer, and you shell these, you know, chickpeas, like a shell pea, and everybody just kind of enjoys it as a snack. So it's a very community type of food. Um, so I do love growing chickpeas, and they're very easy to grow. And you can also make, like, a green hummus out of them. In my climate, mm-hmm. I don't get to mature them for drying, but we get a huge crop every summer for eating fresh from the garden, so that's a fun one to try. Awesome. And one last category before we close the show, tomato yeah. alternatives. You know, tomatoes are like the crop when, when you talk about gardening. So what are some unique things that people can grow if they like tomatoes? Well, the ground cherries are related to tomatoes, so I'm sure. going to push those guys again. Sure. But you've also got things like Cape gooseberries or one of my favorite crops, the tomatillo. Um, and in, a lot, in the north, it's not very commonly grown. And it should be because it grows really well. If you can grow large fruited tomatoes, you can grow tomatillos. And, you know, I love the green ones, but I really liked growing the purple ones, which are so beautiful and make such a lovely salsa verde. But then there's some also really interesting yellow varieties. And the fruits of those are like half the size of the green and purple ones, but each plant produces twice as many. So you still get a lot of tomatillos. And those have a more sweet flavor than the green and purple tomatillos. Mm -hmm. And so they make a nice raw salsa. Or, again, you can turn them into salsa verde by roasting them in the oven uh, with peppers and onions and garlic and all that, which is delicious, too. But those are some really fun um, plants to grow this year if you haven't tried them. Or if you grow green tomatillos and have done so for years, try some of the yellow ones or try some of the purple ones. Don't be afraid to experiment in your garden and try new things, which for me is the whole purpose of the book. If people tell me I read the book and I, I tried a few new things, then I feel like I've done a good job because that's what I want people to do. I like that attitude. Nikki, tell me about your website. Your website is SavvyGardening.com. What can people find on the website? Well, SavvyGardening.com is a website I own as three other professional horticulturists. And um, we've teamed up to create a website that covers food, flowers, you know, uh, DIYs, um, in insects. We have a bug, a horticulturist who's a bug expert, beneficial to them pollinators. So we cover a lot of ground, and we won the gold award for best uh, web gar- uh, gardening website from the uh, Garden Writer Communication for Garden Writers last year, which is exciting. So uh, we work hard on it, and we people seem to like it. So that's that's great. That is awesome. The website is savvygardening.com. Our guest has been Nikki. Jabor, I should spell the name because folks probably are wondering, how do you spell that? It's J-A-B-B-O-U-R, J-A-B-B-O-U-R. And she's written several books, including the one we discussed today, Nikki Jabor's uh, Veggie Garden Remix. It's published again by Story. Nikki, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. You're too. As a reminder to our audience, uh, they can visit offgridnews.com for the uh, best off-grid advice they'll find anywhere. They can visit our how-to section where they can learn uh, everything from how to uh, get your wood stove ready 
for winter to uh, gardening advice. With engineer Gavin Wright, this has been Michael Faust. Please join us again next week for another edition of Off Grid Radio.